Welcome to 15 Minutes of Mental Toughness with your host, Dr. Rob Bell. Dr. Rob interviews expert coaches, executives, and athletes about mental toughness and their hinge moments. The hinge. It connects who we are with who we've become, and it only takes one. And now for your host, Dr. Rob. do every week uh, but what I learned about myself was even though I was this you know pretty high-level athlete and could push myself really hard there would always be some sort of point where I could push myself in that workout to where the, there's a there was a version of myself that I didn't like you know the, the the person who was telling me to to slow down or to you know call it quits or to cut it short like all those things I'm mentioning like uh, it's just not being as tough as you might think that you are and uh, that I I would always it started it didn't start this way it was kind of painful at first but I would get to that point to where kind of my subconscious would start talking or whatever you want to call it uh, trying to get me to slow down or quit and I actually started to get happy I would I would smile in the workout when that part would come I'd be like all right this podcast 15 minutes of mental toughness is brought to you by our sponsor SOS Rehydrate. It's an organic drink mix as effective as an IV drip. It's proven by science and used by elite athletes because only the best will do for elite athletic performance. So for all your hydration needs, our listeners today get 15% off if you enter the code mental toughness at I need SOS so I am uh, particularly fond of this guest today. This is founder and CEO of End of Three Fitness, EO3. His uh, former fitness program manager of uh, Air Force Special Ops Command. He's written a Garage Gym Athlete. It's a fantastic book. His podcast is End of Three Fitness, Better Humanology. Also a fantastic podcast. Um, EO3 Fitness, they... Uh, they help coaches develop well-rounded coaches and athletes. Their mission is pretty simple. It's just not easy, but it's building better humans. Um, my guest has completed a marathon. I wouldn't say with no train, but I'd say with one day notice because I was always in shape. <laughs> um, completed a Murph workout every week for an entire year. So it's 52, uh, an entire year, which we'll talk about today. Uh, has developed a harder to kill program and one of my favorite type of programming and that's meet yourself Saturdays really fond of this guest look forward to this interview this is Jared Moon Jared thanks for joining us man Dr. Bell it's always a pleasure to have a conversation with you man I'm really excited to be here today nice let's get into it what is mental toughness you know it's something I've been trying to develop more of a, a definition to over the years and uh, it's definitely changed you know there there are the micro moments where you can push yourself with uh, something as small as a, a cold shower or a discipline of the day uh, but what I'm really starting to lean more towards of mental toughness being is you know daily discipline over decades is is really what mental toughness is to me because I feel like some people can be forced into situations in which they get through and they can they can they have the grit or they find out they have the grit but the real way to to build that resolve i think is daily discipline over decades 
that's daily discipline over decades. Could you go ahead and elaborate then? Like, what was uh, what's daily discipline that that we need to have to become, you know, better humans? I mean, any. So going to the better human, better human category, really anything that can improve you. I mean, is is waking up early the keystone habit that's going to improve you? Well, doing 12 weeks of it might make a difference, but what if you did it for 12 years? What kind of person would you be at the end of that? So it could be something like uh, waking up, having a morning routine, uh, doing a cold shower every morning. It could be fitness. Uh, it could be reading. Really, there are a lot of different things that make you better, but I feel like they pay very little dividends in short uh, spurts and I feel like that's where a lot of people go uh, when they're trying to develop new habits or get more mentally tough is it, it's too short-lived you know everyone has a story about uh, how they were really fit once right like the you know well back in this time or whatever and and granted there are actual physiological things as you age that can can take your vo2 max and fitness level down lower but still like there's always this story about uh, you know I was really into it at this one point but it's like well what happened like why'd you stop and I think mental toughness, uh, you know, anything that makes you better, applying that on a daily basis. So any sort of hard thing that you can do day, every single day, uh, practice over a decade or longer is really what's going to build the type of mental toughness that is just bulletproof. Nice. I love that, man. Bulletproof mental toughness. You know, one of my favorite things that you have is Meet Yourself Saturdays. You come up with these workouts that, that we should do. Uh, I think you... You really delve into your creativity there. Can you share a little bit about, like, what was the mission of that in terms of developing Meet Yourself Saturdays? Yeah, so we have like uh, you know a couple thousand athletes on our roster, the rosters these days, and uh, four days out of the week we are we are we're doing the science. You know, we are uh, energy system training, strength training, every principle thing that we know works. We make it work, and we make sure our athletes are doing it. But on Saturday, once per week, we kind of throw that playbook out the window. And we focus on the part of the athlete that can't really be trained by focusing on anything that's in a textbook, and that is mental toughness. So we, we put together these workouts that are not just hard because the intensity level has to be high. It's normally something that's just going to make you uncomfortable, uh, make you want to quit, make, the, make you think the workout's stupid, something like that. And that's, that's right where we want athletes because now they're having to deal with themselves and most of these workouts will make sure that you get a lot of that internal chatter going on and that's where the meet yourself portion comes to it so once that that internal chatter happens of you know i'm going to quit or i'm going to cut this one short that's the person i want you to meet talk to address and try and fix and the only way that you can um the only way you can make that side of yourself better is to go there meet yourself and change the conversation yeah and i think that's probably why um you know i get along with you so well because i think we meet ourselves in like daily situations, especially when there's be adversity and we have that inner chatter. And it's, I guess it's just how we overcome it. What, what have you discovered about yourself in that inner chatter? You know, there's a, you, you mentioned doing that Murph every, yeah. uh, every Saturday for a year. And that's actually how Meet Yourself Saturday started because I realized how beneficial doing that Murph workout was every single week. And then I wanted to bring that to my athletes, but not have everyone do Murph because the workout is very challenging and it's not something I think everyone should do every week. Uh, but what I learned about myself was even though I was this you know, pretty high-level athlete and could push myself really hard, there would always be some sort of point where I could push myself in that workout to where there's a there was a version of myself that I didn't like you know the, the the person who was telling me to to slow down or to you know call it quits or to cut it short like all those things I'm mentioning like uh, 
it's just not being as tough as you might think that you are. And uh, that I, I would always, it started, it didn't start this way. It was kind of painful at first, but I would get to that point to where kind of my subconscious would start talking or whatever you want to call it, uh, trying to get me to slow down or quit. And I actually started to get happy. I would, I would smile in the workout when that part would come. I'd be like, all right, it took me whatever, 27 minutes of absolute 100% intensity, but here you are. And now I'm going to tell you to shut up, basically. And, you know, it's it takes a lot of time to break into that barrier, especially the higher your fitness level is. But get get to meet that person. And I got to find out what it takes to to push myself beyond it. And I think it, it, it overlays into a lot of other aspects in your life. And then lay that out for us exactly so people aren't aware what the Murph workout is. Yeah, so the Murph workout is in memory of Lieutenant Michael P. Murphy, uh, who died in Afghanistan. Uh, it's, a, it's a memorial workout, and he, the, the, he used to do this workout. He called it body armor. So you run one mile, you do 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats, and then you run another mile. Um, and if you have some body armor, you should be wearing it. So 20-pound vest. Uh, typically is what I would wear during the workout. Nice. And you came up with a system that, that I've adopted and, and always share with people that are doing it. What's what's the best way to do that workout? Yeah, so you can partition the workout. The best way to do it is uh, go as fast as you really can on the miles um, is my best advice these days, but it's going to be partitioning it into 20 rounds of 5, 10, 15, so 5 pull-ups, 10 push-ups, 15 squats, um, and then if you want to really get fast, never slow down on the squats. Yeah. And so, and so you meet yourself and then you, you develop the technique of then just being able to smile and, and kind of shut off that, that negative voice. How does that apply yeah. then in, um, how, how have you figured that doing that for a year, how has that applied into like just regular life and then with all the workouts even that you do now? Yeah, so what Stephen Pressfield's book, the war of art, um, you know, he talks about resistance. And resistance is a really big deal and it's a real thing. It's generally when you're moving in the direction of something you should be doing, you're gonna feel pushback. You know, some sort of resistance, whether it's uh, doing your taxes on time or doing the work you know you should be doing to move your business forward or doing the workout that you know that you should be doing, there's gonna be resistance against you, reasons you shouldn't do it. That's just part of human nature and uh, I think a lot of people don't realize or understand, or should I say recognize, people don't recognize resistance. Uh, they just, they think that that's them. They think that I don't want to do my taxes because my taxes suck. That's why I don't want to do my taxes. And that might be true to some degree, but if you were to just get it done as fast as you could and, and you were you're done with it, you would feel relieved. You never, you wouldn't have to procrastinate. You wouldn't have to be stressed about it. Now this is true across everything in your life, but I think being able to recognize resistance and realize that's not you. That is just something that happens when you are supposed to be doing what you should be doing. Uh, people think that they want, maybe want to be lazy. They want to be watching TV. They don't want to be working out. And that's not really true. You're just, you're giving into resistance and most people don't recognize it. So once you can start to recognize resistance and say, no, I'm going to dive into go head first against the resistance is really when you're going to start to see progress in every area of your life and it really doesn't matter what it is like i said it could go business getting simple tasks done starting habits fitness it really is go, goes into place everywhere there was a, a football coach here dick Dullahan, that said mental toughness is doing what you don't want to do yeah um 
it sounds exactly like that, but I think uh, I love the way you articulated that piece, man, about about the resistance. That's fantastic. With yeah, yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I, I just think, think that, that mental, like, like that, I think that's, that's a really good way to to put it. Is mental toughness is doing what you don't want to do, but I think sometimes it could be doing what you want to do um, harder. I guess you know, like. Uh, like, cause you might have a desire to do things, but there, there's going to be, there could be something else slowing you down. Um, and so recognizing those things, because we all want to do things that are good for ourselves, right? Like we eat somewhere. We want that somewhere we desire that. Uh, but it's the little things that, that really push up, push it, uh, us from, from doing it, getting it done. Yeah. Um, we always talk about, and I believe that we all have these hinge moments that happen in our life that connect who we are with who we become. What, what was the hinge moment that happened in yours? You know, I think a big hinge moment for me was, because it wasn't, it was just a few years ago, uh, for me it's, it was becoming a full-time entrepreneur. You know, it's not that's not necessarily something in the in the fitness scene or coaching or me as an athlete so it might be a, a little bit of a different answer but uh it was just a huge huge decision for me um i was coming off of active duty as a military officer had two kids uh married and the, everything was taken care of for me in the military uh, health insurance good paycheck there was really no reason to risk it all and uh i i did and then um I decided to go full-time entrepreneur, but then I got a little bit scared as soon as I got out, and so I took a job immediately post-military for a very short short amount of time. It was it was short-lived, and this is kind of what brings me to the hinge moment. Was I was working for this person, and they just they had no real leadership skills. I wasn't getting paid that much, um, and I just felt so much more experienced than them. And then it it just came down to the realizing that I needed I, I had trained to be a leader my whole life as a military officer like we you, they they train you test you on it um, in all of your training going through then I was a military officer constantly leading people and then I realized that I had taken leadership off the table for myself and I was no longer being a leader in my family I wasn't being a leader in that business I wasn't being a leader in my decisions and that was a big hinge moment for me was realizing you need to step up and lead there's nothing that's going to be easy about this, not a single second, probably for the rest of your life, but you need to choose the path of leadership. And I did, and that's when I was like, all right, I'm going full, I, I got to do this for my family, I got to take the shot, I got to take the risk, uh, and not keep going back to uh, trying to be comfortable. I need to get outside of my comfort zone, and I need to lead. And so that was a big hinge moment for me and my family was uh, really deciding to to be a leader. Yeah, and so on that, on that path, which I love as well, I mean, Obviously, mine was different, but being an entrepreneur is, is definitely a risk. I mean, what what has been the resistance that you face, you know, on a constant basis? As an entrepreneur? Yeah. In, in the leadership. Uh, so as an entrepreneur. Oh, in leadership uh, as an entrepreneur. Um, so you can lead in two different ways, I, I believe, in an entrepreneur. You can lead your team, um, which is a little bit more straightforward and, you know, being a manager slash leader. But I think leading yourself is probably the harder part in entrepreneurship uh, because you have to the resistance that you have to come across is like you could probably get your business to a certain point 
where it's comfortable and you're paying the bills and you kind of get you could get easily get complacent if things are going well when things aren't going well i feel like it's easy to just push drive like we have to do this my family has to eat and we definitely started there uh, but there have been times where it's just like i'm kind of comfortable and complacent but when i get comfortable and complacent i'm missing out on opportunities for my family for my employees for myself and so trying to constantly be proactive and driving forward and leading myself I feel like is a bigger challenge than um, leading other people or the people who benefit from your business and, and things like that. Yeah. You know, being able to push yourself and constantly get better, and, but the, the complacency sets in, so people get comfortable. Is that what you've experienced? I mean, does that become when mental toughness even becomes harder? Because like you said, I mean, when people are climbing, yeah, that determination, that grit is, is really evident. But when we do get comfortable, do you, do you see that a lot with, with athletes and even the coaches and people you work with? All the time. And because I feel like I'm constantly talking to two different types of athletes. I'm talking to the athlete who needs to get started. And they're the person who hasn't quite started that drive. They haven't quite started that climb. And I need to sell to them uh, all the reasons they need to be doing this, you know, for their family, so on and so forth. And now the, getting those people started is not entirely challenging because you know that they need to now going to your complacency piece the other type of athlete i'm talking to is an athlete who has gotten to a certain level and they don't really they don't realize it anymore but they're not pushing themselves very much harder because all their friends and family around them are not as fit as they are you know and and they don't really have a community of athletes that that could just destroy them in the gym they, they don't see that because they're pretty high up there you know they're they're the top of the the totem pole in their little world and what i try to show them is you have a lot more to go like you can push yourself a lot harder a lot of people probably only ever get to like 60 percent of their potential and that would be a phenomenal athlete in most people's eyes and i like to take those people and push them even harder and make them realize you can go hard. You can push it more. You're not trying your hardest right here. And, and that um, is a lot of times a, a mental shift because people don't understand that they're, they don't even realize they've been complacent because they might have such a high level of fitness, but they're, they're just complacent. They're not pushing themselves as hard as they could. Yeah. You know, one of the things that you talk about that I really like is, is being able to challenge yourself for a year on improving one part of your life. Because I think we both see it. It's like, you know, we're going to increase the diet and then work out and then uh, communication skills and leadership. And I'm going to take this class. And there, there's just so many things that we kind of lift up. Um, is that the best way to approach mental toughness? Is picking one thing? I really think so. Especially if you haven't proven to yourself that you're capable of doing something for a year. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I challenge anyone when I have a conversation with them as an athlete, I, I ask them what's one daily discipline they've done for 365 days. I very rarely have an answer to that question because most people even admit to skipping brushing their teeth. You know, so I'm like, okay, so why do you think that you could do anything else for a year? Like, when have you ever proven that to yourself? And once they realize that it's a lot harder than they may think, uh, that's when we start working and, and it can be small. I'm talking real small. What's something you can do every day for a year? Could you, could it, could it be journaling at least a sentence per day without skipping for a year? Try that. It's, it's so much harder than you think so much harder than you realize you'll come up with excuses. Life got busy. No, you got to push through that. You push through that for a year. You're going to be a different person who can take on any challenge at the end of that year. You can take on any habit, new discipline, anything you want. 
but you have to prove to yourself that you can even do it in the first place. So is one of them being able to take cold showers for a year? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that one, the reason I like cold showers so much is because most people are gonna take a shower today anyway, and most every day, and so what's the excuse for not doing it? You know, it's, I'm not asking you to change up your routine, I'm asking you, at least at the end of your shower, turn that knob to cold, sit there for a little while and then get out you know yeah. it, it, that will build mental toughness from an actual like can you stay in cold water but also a daily discipline standpoint of can you do it every day can you do it in the winter can you do it you know all the time yeah so yeah that, that's a, that's a really fun one and so with the cold shower piece um so we don't need to take the whole shower that's cold we just have to have a, a, a section of it like do you rec do you recommend a minute is it 30 seconds what do you recommend there? uh yeah so i recommend everyone starting uh, wherever they can. So for people getting started, take a full-on hot shower and then 30 seconds as cold as you can go at the end. But I would, if you want to get more into like the physiological benefits and go really deep on the psychological, then my recommendation is going to be to work up to three minutes of cold. So three full minutes of cold shower. Um, now the ultimate mental toughness test, in my opinion, in the cold shower world, is to start it on cold and just get in it that's because yeah. switching from hot to cold it's a little bit easier to ease yourself into that sure. if you can just go from dry body to freezing cold water and stay in it for several minutes like okay it may be it may be time for a new challenge for you because that one's too easy now yeah you know it's fantastic about that because number one it's not going to kill us like i guarantee right. it right it's not going to kill us it's just uncomfortable and you know, usually we associate shower with something that's going to be relaxing. You know, I, I remember um, I was at a PJ Tour event. They had a big storm that came through, and there was no hot water. Like, there was no power. And so <laughs> we had to take cold showers like that entire week. And, and it's like those experiences you remember, but uh, there, there's something righteous in that piece about, look, when your only option is you have to do it, we, we, there's no excuses for us. We just do it. Yeah. And that's, and, and you have no, there's no excuse to not do one really. Like I, I, you know, you can, like I said, you're already taking a shower anyway. Might as well turn a daily practice into something that can make you better. Nice. I always like that one too, because, uh, where do our thoughts go? You know, are we just thinking about the end or do we really like try to enjoy that cold shower and think about how we're getting better from it? just seems like there's a lot, and that's of, what a lot would, of different things we can do there. Yeah, I would challenge yourself. That's because it, it is a meet yourself in a way there. You know, you're you're going to cold and it's the, the, the comfortable side of your brain or the part that wants to be comfortable and not in pain is going to give you every excuse known to man um, on why you shouldn't be doing it and uh, why you should just cut it, cut the time short, all that stuff. And again, that going back to that Murph, like, what kind, can you change the conversation? If you can, congratulations, you just had a, a mental toughness win for the day. If you can't change the conversation, try again tomorrow. Yeah, that's great, man. You know, on, on that piece, and I want to ask you what we need to know moving forward. On that piece, um, someone misses a workout. Someone misses journaling that day. Um, and then they, they have that feeling of, you know, I'm a failure. Like, see, I couldn't even do that. What, and, and, and the one thing, I don't know if, if you've experienced this, but it's, it seems like, you know, once that bad thing happens, it seems we can throw up our hands a lot of times and be like, see, I couldn't do it, screw it, I blew it. 
and now mm -hmm. I'm gonna go ahead and since I ate that piece of cake, I'm gonna eat the whole damn cake because what's what's the problem, right? right. It's like, um, how do we overcome that piece when it comes to you know becoming a better human? I think part of that, and I deal with this all the time, is just we call it the all or nothing mentality, and I have no idea how it got ingrained into fitness, health, diet. I think that's those are things people don't typically want to do anyway, uh, with you know just any sort of new habit, and so they get an excuse by failing one time and then they give the whole thing up. But my question to people when that happens is where else in your life would that ever work out? If you were late for work, would you say, ah, screw it, I was late, I'm a, I quit, sorry boss, I am not perfect, quit the job. Or if you're married, if, if you were to be like, uh, have you ever maybe disappointed or let down your husband or wife ever once in your entire marriage? Did it happen? Was your immediate response after, you know what? Divorce, we can't do this anymore, I, I made a mistake. Or with your kids, make a mistake being a father or a mother, would you give them up for adoption because you made one little mistake? The answer to all those are absolutely gonna be no. So why would it be any different when you're trying to do a simple daily discipline habit like journaling or fitness? You miss it once, no, it's not the end of the world. You need to get back on track and just keep going to the best of your ability. Yeah, if we're, on, if we're, driving, to, uh, if we're driving to Charlotte, we get a flat tire, we're not gonna turn around and head home. We just change the right. tire and keep going. Exactly, yeah, you don't, you, you just gotta realize that, that mentality is, uh, I don't, I, to be honest, I don't know where it came from, but uh, you, you gotta kill it, you gotta kill it. Yeah, and, and that's what's interesting, because I always say like mental toughness is not all or nothing. If we have that all or nothing, then right. we think of it in terms of winning and losing. What? Yeah, if you, if you, it'll destroy you if you have that mentality about anything. So, in terms of being able to ask that question, which I think is fantastic, what else can we do mentally? I mean, if, if we're, if somebody's listening here, and you know they've made it, they've made a couple mistakes, you know, and then they just haven't been able to get back to it. What do you recommend? What's the mental shift that they need to do? Well, sometimes, so mental shift, like in, in perspective, um, it, I would say it is dropping the all or nothing mentality, but it could actually, I don't normally always recommend this, but it could actually be lowering your standard a little bit. Because if you, because doing something every day, I don't care what it is other than breathing, like doing something every day for 365 days is, is challenging. It doesn't matter what it is. And so maybe maybe that's too aggressive, you know. Maybe maybe it's uh, like like when I did the Murph, I didn't do it every day. I did it every Saturday for a year. So maybe it's something you could do once a week. Like you kind of have to find out where your mental tolerance level is, and then set that as your goal. Because if you keep saying I'm going to journal every day for a year, and you reset that clock every time you don't do it, okay, maybe that's maybe that's too challenging. Maybe your mental toughness level is not there maybe you need to do something more on a weekly basis or or maybe the task needs to be smaller you know and, and just readjust you need to you need to set your frame of mind where you can where you can get a quick win like i don't know if you're familiar with dave ramsey um but my wife and i we were in we were in debt a lot of debt a long time ago uh and we paid off all that debt but one of the principles he has in paying off that debt was um it would make more sense from a financial standpoint to pay off the highest balance first, you know, get that down because it's gonna have the most uh, interest added to it over time. But what he says is to shift 
your mindset and you're going to pay off the lowest balance first because that's going to be a quick win yeah. mentally you're going to be like yeah paid that one off now let's do the next one so that that's kind of my same recommendation is change your mental toughness challenge to something you know you're going to be able to do maybe it's not every day for a year maybe you just need to be consistent for seven days get that win set a new goal and move forward yeah man i love that man because i think we got to be in situations in life where we at least do have those small wins yeah, you have to. You absolutely have to have some small wins, something to celebrate, and celebrate it too. Don't ever think that uh, that that comparison thing happens a lot in athletes all the time. I'll talk to them because we have leaderboards; people can see what other people do, and they're like, "Yeah, I, I ran that eight-minute mile." It's like, well, but you know, Joseph over there, he he can run it in five thirty. I'm like, you just ran the fastest mile of your entire life. That's a win. You celebrate. You don't care if someone can run it two and a half minutes faster than you. Yeah, like. You celebrate. It, that's, that's your win. Don't, don't let anybody, anybody else take that away from you. And then, how do you how do you um, recommend that to people? How do you coach people on that to be able to celebrate their wins? What what, what should they do? Well, it starts, it starts with setting a goal. So, so if you, you set, set some, some sort of a goal, or you you want some sort of standard, like in our training, like certain if you if you heard hit a certain standard or level that you were shooting for, uh, that's that's all you need is the goal. And then is to never. Don't like it happens to me too as a as a entrepreneur and type A driven person. Like I can set business goals, fitness goals, I can achieve them, and I'm immediately not happy. On to the next. I'm like, yep. Yeah, like let's just keep moving forward. And to be honest, that can get a dangerous trap as years go go on. You just feel like you're never succeeding when you are. Uh, so set a goal. Once you have that goal written down somewhere, once you hit it, there's a celebration. I don't care if it's an actual party. Or maybe you buy yourself something. You know, I don't. It doesn't matter what it is. There just needs to be some celebration when a goal is met. It's going to make you feel a lot better about it and get you more excited to set more goals in the future. Do you think like they should already have that idea of when I hit this goal, this is how I'm going to celebrate? Do you recommend that? Absolutely. Uh, I think that could just be part of writing down your goal. You'd be like, if I if I run a seven minute, not if, like when I run a seven minute mile in 12 weeks. Uh, I will buy myself a, a new bike. I you know I don't know what the what people want these days, or it could be buy or I will throw like that. That's what my family does a lot of the times is uh, we'll just celebrate with something like you know going out out to eat with a bunch of family members or something like that. You know, kind of small celebrations uh, or experiences is what I'm more into. So whatever gets you fired up, like do that, celebrate and, and have fun with it. Yeah. Um. You know, we could probably keep on going for hours, man, because I love talking with you. Um, how do we get out of that comparison trap? Because it just it's just so easy to do. I mean, it's the same thing as an all-or-nothing mentality, but how do we get out of that? You know, that's a really, really difficult one uh, to not be comparing yourself constantly in any, they're like every form of your life, right? You could do it financially, you could do it physically, you could do it... Uh, emotionally spiritually there's always someone better than you but I think a big part of getting out of that comparison trap is setting your own goals and benchmarks and then just playing your own game like I know for a fact that there are fitness businesses out there that are growing faster doing more have more athletes than me right now and that used to kind of get me down like why am I not the best why am I not number one right now um, but I set my quarterly goals my benchmarks same in fitness I set these goals and these benchmarks uh, on 12-week increments. If I'm charting the right course, hitting the goals that I said I was going to be happy with, then I just play my own game. I just try and like block everyone else out, and that's the best 
uh, I can best advice I can give you is having goals and benchmark. But the second thing that I recommend, and I actually got this from the book, uh, the power of the subconscious mind. And I forgot the, uh, the author, but anytime that that person or thing comes into your mind for comparison, don't sit there and dwell on it immediately. Like wish the best for that person. Like say, say you were, you were a fitness competitor of mine. And I was like, man, Bell is always crushing me on these runs. And it's just like, I always try to run faster. And he's always running faster than me. Immediately when I have that thought, I need to be like, you know what? I, I just hope that Dr. Bell has like the best run of his life today and that he stays injury free. And I really, I really wish him the best. Try it. Just try it one time. Uh, when you, that comparison comes out, you'll be amazed at what the outcome is. You know, that's a fantastic one because I always say like true success is being able to root for everybody. And, and people yeah. are like, well, what do you mean? Like, I want to root for them. And, and I kind of bring it back. It's like, look, you don't want to beat people on their worst day because then it's like, oh, I wasn't at my best. You want to beat people at their best. So you want people to do their best. You just, you just want to see how good you can do. But I love right. that. I love that because I think it's developing just that whole positive attitude towards others and yourself. Yeah, it, it really – I read that in that book. Uh, I think a year or two ago, and I've been I've been practicing as much as I can every time that comes up, and it's helped me a ton. Yeah, I'll remember that next time that I'm struggling on the erg when uh, when I'm doing one of the New Year's <laughs> Saturdays, man. <laughs> um, yeah, well, yeah. I'll just I'll just try smiling at it, and then uh, boy, man, I know Jared's having a good workout. I can keep doing. I can keep going. <laughs> hey, what, right? Yeah. What is um? So what is one thing um that that we need to know, that we need to apply. And I know we've talked about a lot of them, but what's one thing that we need to do um, in order to get mentally tough or to become, you know, better humans? What do you recommend? Uh, you know, I'll give you this piece of advice, and if you don't like it, tell me to give me, ask me for another one, and, and, and I can change it or give you some more. But uh, a lot of times, it's a simple, uh, simple thing. But I ask everyone to try harder. Um, it, this this started with my kids. Uh, they couldn't do something, um, and I wouldn't really help them. I would just say, "Well, how about you try harder?" And it it's kind of it got more serious. The more I've developed this idea, the more I've actually used it with athletes and people in my life and my family. Like, I don't want to beat anybody up, and I'm not saying you're what you're doing right now isn't good, but try harder. Like, can't honestly, like, what's one place in your life where you could try a little bit harder? You don't need to try harder everywhere. But where's one place you know, like you could just try a little bit harder. You know, for instance, the, like typing. We all type on our computers constantly if you have any sort of normal job right now. But you got to a certain level of proficiency in typing and you didn't get any better. And it's because you stopped trying. You got to a level that you were okay with and you don't type any faster now. And I guarantee there are people, they can have competitions for typewriting now. Where people can type 10 times faster than you is because they try harder every day to be good at that. And so that's where there are a lot of places, especially uh, once you become an adult, like where you just get to this level of like, no, I'm good. And you're not going to get any better unless you just try harder. So pick one area and try harder. Yeah. You know, that's such a simple but not easy advice, man. That's really, really fantastic. And I... You know, I'm a pecker when I come to when I come to typing them, man. I'm not going to take that one. I've I've written six books and they've all been by pecking, man. I mean, I just I'll, I'll, I'll have to I have to pick another area of my life to try harder in. 
Well, it's just, yeah, it's just, I like to bring that example up because we, it makes everyone realize like, oh, wow, I do that every day and I'm not getting any better at it. It's like, yeah, and you don't need to, but there, there's somewhere that there's, there are a lot of areas like that. You, you could work out every day, but you're not trying hard as you could. You could get better. You, you know, you might be pretty good with finances, but there's someone better. You could try harder. Like there's a lot of areas that you could try harder in and people just don't realize it. Yeah. Um, cold showers, trying harder. Um, you know, not all or nothing mentality, being able to not compare yourself. We got a lot out of this interview, man. Where can people uh, dial into you, become part of your community, and learn more about you? Yeah, so we run two websites now, really. So if you want to check out, you, you know, I talked about my athletes a little bit here. If you want to become one of our athletes or check any of that out, you can go to garagegymathlete.com, even pick up the book that Dr. Bell mentioned, or you can go to endof3fitness.com. That's all spelled out. Either one of those places, you'll learn everything you need to know about uh, what I'm doing and what my team's doing. You know, and you're number one in my book, man. I don't know if that matters, but I think you're, <laughs> yeah. number, I think yeah, you're number one, two, and three, man. I appreciate that, man. I really do. Yeah. Thank you so much, man. It was a really fantastic interview, buddy. Yeah. Lots of fun. Anytime. Thank you for listening to the Mental Toughness Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. You can also check us out on Twitter at Dr. Rob Bell or visit